It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 18th, 2019. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we will talk about the Magic's upcoming game against the Brooklyn Nets. Maybe touch a little bit on the Milwaukee Bucks, but mostly focus on the Nets. And then I will open up the Orlando Magic Daily Mailbag, answer a few questions that readers have sent me over the last few weeks as we get ready to head into the trade deadline and, of course, dig into this playoff race. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you all that you check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Want to get a leg up on the Brooklyn Nets and the Milwaukee Bucks? You check out Locked On Nets and Locked On Bucks. You can find them all on iTunes. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. There's a podcast covering every team in the NBA, plus a general NBA perspective with Locked On NBA and the fantasy basketball perspective on Locked On Fantasy Basketball. You can find all NBA teams, MLB, NFL, and College 2 just by searching for Locked On and the team you are looking for, Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. The Orlando Magic, uh, coming off their loss Wednesday to the Detroit Pistons, will take on another team in the midst of the Eastern Conference playoff race, a team that's moving in a much different direction than the Pistons are, a team that is, frankly, playing exceptionally well and playing extraordinarily well and is actually at 500. The Brooklyn Nets uh, come to town for the first time this year uh, as the Magic face the Nets for the first time this year as well. In what is uh, uh, in what is a really bad time to face the Nets, to be frank, because they are playing extraordinarily well. They're at 500 once again. They're sixth in the Eastern Conference. They are playing like one of the best teams in the league. They, I think they're 15 and five in their last 20 games, or 10 at least 10 and five in their last 15. They are playing some extraordinarily good basketball right now, and don't need to look much further than Wednesday's game against Houston Rockets. In fact. The Nets just pulled off the same double the Magic pulled off last weekend on the road. They beat Boston at the TD Garden withstanding Kyrie Irving and, and all that. And then they beat the Houston Rockets withstanding James Harden scoring 58 points. Coming back, I think it was six down with a minute and a half to play in overtime. Doing it twice, to be frank, in one of the craziest comebacks that I think 
anyone will see all year. D'Angelo Russell's playing well. Spencer Dinwiddie is playing well. Uh, just pretty much everyone on the Nets is contributing something positive to the team right now. And this is just a Nets team that you do not want to face. They're middle of the road for the season. 109.7 offensive rating, 110.2 defensive rating. Both of those put them squarely in the middle of the league. So don't confuse them for, say, a title contender or anything, but they're 21st in the league in defensive rating, 13th in offensive rating. They definitely do have their issues. They're not a perfect team, but right now they are playing extraordinarily well. And that's why they're sitting at 23-23 and and 6th place in the Eastern Conference. They are, or not 6th place, I think they're 7th or something. They are streaking. They're playing extraordinarily well, and there's really no getting around it that this is going to be a tough challenge. Orlando struggles with good point guards like De- like a D'Angelo Russell. They struggle to contain those types those types of players. Their defense is going to have to be on point because Brooklyn plays hard all the time. That was something that Kenny Atkinson instilled in this team when he took over them two years ago when they didn't have a lot of talent, didn't have a lot of hope for the future. He really made sure that that their culture was. We're going to play hard, and we're going to we're going to attack and pressure and and do all those things that 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 a team like the Nets has to do, and and they've been doing that, and obviously finding some success. Like the Magic, you do have to wonder: Does the success go to their head? How do they how do they respond to success? They just had two very big wins, just like Orlando did. Wouldn't surprise me to see them take a little bit of a step back going up against a. Obviously, Orlando's not Houston or Boston, but we could see something similar to what the Magic did against the Pistons, where. You know, they come off these two great wins and they struggle a little bit to find the same energy or find the same precision, especially with Orlando coming off that kind of a loss. At the same time, though, Brooklyn is playing extraordinarily well. I gave you their stats for their whole season. Their last 10 games, the last 10 games, Brooklyn's defense still not great, but a 110.1 defensive rating puts them 13th in the league. Their 108.6 offensive rating uh, actually puts them at 19th. So even their last 10 games, they're, they're slipping a little bit, but they're still capable of getting big wins and, and, and really putting up a lot of points. This is this is a team that, you know, statistically is average. And an average, of course, in the Eastern Conference will get you a 6th seed or a 7th seed. So that's that's fine. That's, that's what you're going up against. And that's really what the Magic aspire to be at this point is to kind of reach that level of consistency. And I will say this about Brooklyn from everything I've seen, they are consistent. You know what you're going to get from them every night. It may not be at the level that it was Wednesday night, but their baseline, their floor seems a lot higher than, say, the Magic's floor when they struggle. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see how these two teams match up because you know there's a lot of inexperience in these big moments and these big games between the two. There's a lot of uh, feeling out that's going to have to go on. A lot of ad- matchup advantages, honestly, that both teams have, obviously. I think Brooklyn has the advantage with D'Angelo Russell. It'll be interesting to see how Nikola Vucevic matches up with Jarrett Allen. Allen has played some fantastic defense. Um, but, they, you know, they don't have a lot of scoring outside of Russell and Dinwiddie. And that's obviously showing in their offensive production. And so, if Orlando's defense is on point, um, you know, that's certainly a winnable game. And, and honestly, for the Magic, as I say all the time, this is really about the Magic. Are they going to come out with the right focus? Are they going to execute the game plan? Are they going to be able to adjust when Brooklyn makes their adjustments? And that's going to really determine whether the Magic can win this game, whether the Magic can can compete in this game. So they can compete in this game. They, they certainly should go into this game expecting to win. But they've got, to, they've got to contain a lot of weapons that Brooklyn has. They're playing really good basketball. They'll take advantage of your mistakes if you make them. If you play disciplined, I think you can beat this team. 
uh, but it'll be interesting to see how they match up again. Tip-off at the Amway Center is at 7 o'clock. The Orlando Magic taking on the Brooklyn Nets, and they'll go back-to-back, play at home against the Milwaukee Bucks on Saturday. Giannis Antetokounmpo at the Amway Center for the first time this year should be a good one, too. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's, too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. As I said, uh, it is... You know, we're just past the halfway point of the season, so I wanted to open up the Orlando Magic Daily Mailbag. So we'll spend, you know, the next 15 minutes or so uh, answering a few questions that you have. And, and, and really, questions fall that, that I got fall into really two categories. The first one being, what are the Magic going to do with the trade deadline, uh, which I've talked about to some extent. And the other one being, what is the future for a lot of the key players on the Magic roster? So let's start with the trade deadline question. And really, all these questions center around Nikola Vucevic. Michael Martin asked, do you think, given Orlando's cap situation, would they actually re-sign Nikola Vucevic after drafting Mo Bamba? Uh, And then I also got a question from at ORL Junkie. What exactly would you re-sign Vuce for versus when you let him walk? Um, I am firmly in the camp of, so long as the playoffs are attainable, you keep Nikola Vucevic risking the fact that he will leave. I think the playoffs are that important to the franchise, and I think uh, is a good step that the that the Magic need. As I've kind of said before, I really think the goal for this early stage of the rebuild for Jeff Weltman and company is to regain legitimacy in the franchise. Uh, for six years, Orlando has been a laughing stock. Um, there there was a time when people were optimistic about this group, but through decisions that Rob Hennigan made. Orlando kind of got branded as not just a rebuilding team, but a perpetually rebuilding team. So I do think getting some form of success helps rebuild the reputation around the league where free agents go, there's a future there. We've seen them accomplish something. Maybe I'll invest there. Maybe I'll I'll provide my talent there. So I do think that that's important. And so I don't think trading Nikola Vucevic at this juncture with the playoffs still very attainable is a good decision. Um, I think that that's just, I think that's sending wrong, the wrong message, not only to your team, because if you're telling your team, hey, we're going to trade our best player in the middle of a playoff race and not get equal value in return, you're telling your team some very bad messages and and, and they're not going to play and fight for you. By the similar token, you're not going to get free agents to come in either. So I, I'm very much in the camp of, so long as the playoffs are within reach, which they are, you keep Nikola Vucevic. You keep him in town. Now, the next part of that equation is, okay, you're keeping Vucevic. Does that mean you're willing to pay whatever it takes to bring him back? And I'm a little more skeptical of that question because I think undoubtedly Mo Bamba is the future. And as important as Vucevic has been this year, um, and you certainly want to reward a player who's been good, you still need to do something that makes sense for your team long-term, for, for franchise future. Bamba 
is still at least a year away from being able to start. So I, I'm not even thinking about starting Bamba next year. I, I, I don't know if he'll be able to make the gains both skill-wise and physically that he'll need to make to start next year. So I think he's still another year away from starting. And while I think he's maybe a little bit behind where where he, where he a lot of people thought he would be, I don't think that this is news. I think that this is was generally understood about him. And so Vucevic suddenly has some leverage to stay in Orlando because he is important. Orlando would like a starting center, a quality starting center. And frankly, the way he's played this year, an all-star caliber center. You don't want to just let that go. And again, that's that's part of the tension and pressure of perhaps trying to trade him. So where is the line with Nikola Vucevic? Now, Vuce took really what felt like a sweetheart deal when he re-signed with the Magic four years. I think it was four years, $48 million four years ago. Um, I, I, I think we all agreed. I mean, I, I remember saying with about Rob Hennigan at the time that, you know, how he handles the Nikola Vucevic contract and negotiations is going to tell us a lot about him as a GM. And, and, and it did to some extent. I don't think he got the full opportunity um, to, to develop the, the franchise the way he wanted because of some bad luck, because of ownership pressure. You know, he made mistakes, but this was not one of them. I thought this was a brilliant move from Hennigan. Uh, and I think the Magic obviously got their full money's worth from it, even with all the chaos that they had elsewhere. Vucevic performed up to that contract and overperformed that contract. They had a bargain on him throughout the entire length of the deal. But now Vucevic was and should and will get paid like an all-star. I don't think he'll get a max contract from anyone despite everyone having money this summer. But I think it is fair to assume that $20 million per year is his floor. And honestly, I think the Magic will end up paying somewhere between $20 and $25 million per year, probably in that $23, $24 million per year range. So, to me, the amount isn't so much the question. You're going to pay him whatever you're going to pay him. And, 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 I, and I, I've kind of floated this out. If the Magic can front load that deal, even better. But I think what the real sticking point in negotiations is going to be is the, is the number of years. Bamba's still another year away, at least. So, if I'm the Magic and Bamba's that important to me, I'm not looking to give Vucevic more than a three-year deal. That's that's kind of where I sit. Uh, if if I'm if I'm guessing where the number comes down, I'm kind of settling in, settling in at three years, somewhere near seventy million, like sixty-eight to seventy million total. If the Magic could get that, and honestly, if the Magic go three years, I think they should be willing to pay a little bit over market and say. You know what? To get the third year, to keep the contract shorter, because that benefits us, we will give you more money. So, so his contract maybe is three years, what, 72, something, something like that. Something to, to, to kind of sweeten that deal and make the three, the three years more palatable, maybe turn him out in a free agency again, uh, instead of getting the security of a fourth year that, that Vucevic could get. And honestly, Vucevic could get a fifth year from the Magic. So that's that's really what I think the sticking point is going to be when we get to it in June and July is is whether to give him three or four years because Bamba should be ready within three years and I would imagine whatever the case is the Magic are going to hope that that final year of the deal is a tradable year for Vucevic that Bamba will be ready by whatever date that is will Vucevic go for this I don't know I think he should. And will go for as much money as he can get. This is his last big contract. He's 28 years old. And so there's going to be 
there's going to be some tension in negotiations. I feel. I mean, unless I mean, unless the Magic are truly willing to give him everything that he wants uh, up front and keep him and, and and really integrate him and make him part of this team's long term future, I kind of get the sense that that there's going to be some tension. And yeah, Vucevic is going to take other offer, take other meetings. But I do think the Magic will. Seriously consider re-signing Vucevic. I think that that will be a big priority for them this summer. They don't have a lot of cap room anyway. Um, I think if the Magic feel like this season was a success, that they were able to uh, make the playoffs, for instance, I do think that they will go hard after Vucevic. I think they will look to keep him, um, even though there's a plan in place to, to replace him at the end of the day. Vucevic has had a fantastic year. If he can keep up this level of play, he will be more than worth it, I think, um, as, as, at least for those those three or four years. Um, and so I think that the Magic are certainly going to look very hard into keeping Vucevic. I think that that is a priority for the season because um, Bamba simply isn't ready. Um, you know, it's not something I don't think people should be worried about with Bamba. Someone did ask me in the mailbag whether we should, when should we be concerned about Bamba. We're not there yet. Um, if he doesn't seem like he's making physical or skill progress in summer league, we'll get a little worried. If I mean, he he clearly can play. I mean, I think that's the most important thing as a rookie for him. He can make an impact on the floor. It's not every night. It's not all the time, but you do see what he will look like when he's an actual player. Um, and I think that's really all you're asking for from him right now. We will see if he continues to progress from there. And I think that's that's really the next piece of the puzzle for Mobamba. But that puzzle is incomplete, and certainly we know that the Magic need Vucevic to get there. So uh, I do think the Magic will resign Vucevic. I think they'll try and get him on another kind of sweetheart deal. Obviously, a little bit more money, but from there, we'll see if uh, if Orlando moves forward. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. Another interesting question I got came from uh, Jamek Foster uh, on Facebook. He asked me, you know, I was thinking, should the Magic use Aaron Gordon like how Philadelphia uses Ben Simmons? I believe AG is having a career high in assists. He is. And he's a decent playmaker. Maybe we should try and let AG be a Ben Simmons as a way, let a, 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 it could help get DJ more rest and, and obviously help resolve some of the point guard issues. It, I thought this was an interesting thought because, you know, I've sat here and talked a lot about Aaron's general improvements and how he's become better as a playmaker and decision maker. Uh, and, and I think that's in a real sign of maturity and growth in his game. He's not scoring the way everyone wants him to, and I, and I think that there is another level that he that he'll have to unlock and work on in the summer to get there. But this season's been a really important step for him offensively. I think he's he's done a really good job, and and he's obviously played much better defense and shown growth and improvement on that end as well. But I I would I, I think that this is going a little too far. Aaron Gordon has not been Simmons. His dribble is not tight enough. He's 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 not that kind of playmaker. He doesn't have that kind of vision. Ben Simmons isn't a class all of his own. But I will say this. A, a thought or question like this does bring up 
the notion that, yeah, Aaron Gordon needs to be on the ball a little bit more. I think you can trust him a little bit to make good decisions, to make good plays, and, and to make plays for others. It's not an all-the-time thing. It's not you should be. It's not that he should be bringing the ball up or, or running the point or, or directing where everyone goes. I don't think that's his game. He, It has become increasingly clear that Gordon is best suited in sort of a complementary role, and he's, he's had to figure out his, his, his way there. But it doesn't work when he's the star. It doesn't work when he's the guy dominating the ball. We saw that last year. Definitely didn't work. This role suits him a little bit better as a complementary player, as a guy working off the ball on cuts and and spot up shots and and working uh, working uh, kind of in that secondary role. Gordon this year is averaging a career high three point three assists per game, so his assists are way up, and he's making a lot more plays off the bounce. He's been very good on drives this year. He's averaging three and a half points and 0.7 assists per game on 6.3 drives per game, shooting 46.8%. Last year, he averaged 2.8 points, 0.3 assists per game on 5.8 drives per game and shot 37.9%. So again, you see that increase in efficiency and smarts as a driver. But Gordon's usage rate is down. He's only using 21.7%. He was around 24 last year. And... You, you don't see him run a lot of pick and rolls. I'd love to see him run some pick and rolls with Nikola Vucevic. I think they, they could work a little bit together. But got to remember also Gordon's still 23 and is going to develop. But I, I don't think he has the natural point guard ability that a Ben Simmons does. Again, Ben Simmons is kind of in a league all of his own. But I do agree with the notion that, yeah, put the ball in Gordon's hands a little bit more. Trust him to make decisions. Trust him to initiate some action and see where it goes. Um, I do think that bringing Gordon's usage rate up is vital to this team's ultimate success. When Aaron Gordon scores, this team plays better. It, it It's proven. It, and, and really, a lot of it is back to what Frank Vogel said last year. Gordon's offense works best when he's within the flow of the offense. When the ball the ball just finds him and he scores when the ball finds him. That's, that is a very real thing. It's, it's, it's really statistically shown that that happens when, when Gordon's scoring. And so I think that that is a big piece of the puzzle for Gordon. I think that that is a big, um, a, a big sticking point still for him is how does he find more aggression within this new mode of of sharing and distributing the ball that that we're seeing from him. And, and I think I think he will figure it out. I think another summer will help him figure that out. He's again, I, I say this about Aaron Gordon all the time. No one works harder than that dude. Um, I, 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 I'm always constantly impressed when you give him a healthy summer, how quickly his game improves. And, and, you know, it's been more subtle this year. I, I'll grant you that, but he has gotten a lot better. His defense is better. His passing is better. And I, you know, honestly, I think that that's how he spent a lot of his time this summer. He didn't spend a lot of his time this summer working on dribble moves and one-on-one moves because, because that really didn't work for him last year. He wanted to embrace taking on this secondary role of being the best defender on the team, of making spot-up three-pointers, of distributing and moving the ball better, making better decisions. I think that was a big focus for a summer. And so, you know, maybe this summer, he goes back to his offense a little bit and, and works on, on more of that game so that he can add the scoring element to it and take that leap that we're all waiting for. Um, it, it, he's made some big improvements in, in the passing and the fact that that someone would even suggest making him a point guard, no one would have thought that in their right minds 
a year ago. But, and I, I don't think anyone would maybe think about that in their right mind now, but you definitely want to see him on the ball more. You definitely trust him to make the right decision. And I think that's a that's a very, very big step for him and, and, and the Magic overall. One final question I want to ask. It is a, a big one. Lee K, uh, Lee K E 23061 on Twitter asks, do we have any pieces to be buyers at the deadline? A lot of people talk about the Orlando Magic, talk about them giving off players like Terrence Ross and Nikola Vucevic. No one's really talk, talking about them going out and grabbing a player that makes them better today. And, and, and I do think, as I've mentioned in some of my trade deadline talks throughout the week, I do think that that scenario is complicated. There's a lot of moving parts in that. Um, there, there's a lot of difficulty, I think, in figuring out how to make a trade like that work. How a trade works that is extremely advantageous to the Magic. You know, no one's taking Timothy Mozgov right now. He's got two years left on his deal. If the Magic are going to trade Mozgov, it's going to be next year. Uh, Evan Fournier, I think, has some value, but is very difficult to move as well. Two years, $34 million left on his deal. Um, every uh, every deal with Dallas for Dennis Smith Jr. seems to involve Fournier with, with the Magic bringing in Wesley Matthews, but I still find it very hard to believe that A, Dallas is, is going to kind of knock themselves out of the playoffs or commit to Fournier as a, as a running partner with Luka Doncic. You know, maybe they would. Um, but I also find it hard to believe that they'll just give away an expiring contract in Wesley Matthews and, and take on that kind of long-term money. Um, even a Harrison Barnes, I don't think, uh, I think would be difficult for the Magic to absorb. Um, and I don't think he'd fit perfectly anyway. I mean, there. I think there is a path. I think there is a framework for a deal there. Uh, for the Magic to trade Fournier and maybe Simmons for Dennis Smith Jr. and Wesley Matthews. And I think the Mavs would require Orlando to throw in a, a, a protected first or some type of first, maybe the OKC first, to get that deal done. Um, so I think there is a framework there. I, I'm not convinced either team is super thrilled with what that deal looks like. So I, I, we'll see if they if that budges before the deadline. But, um, you know, I'm not overly optimistic that that's, that's how this deal is going to work. So, again, at that point, you can kind of see that, yeah, there there is some way for the Magic to to bring in some talent. But is Dennis Smith Jr. going to really turn this franchise around or turn this franchise into a playoff team and get them where they want to want to be this year? If you give up Evan Fournier, I'm not convinced of it. Um, you know, so certainly, you might call that a buy move. I don't, I don't think, I, I wouldn't call it a sell move either, but um, you know, most teams, when they talk to the Magic, are going to ask about Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross is probably the most sought-after player on the Magic roster. He's having a career year. He's been a, a solid sixth man. He, he's plug-and-play. He can he can really fit in anywhere uh, on, on any roster because he's just such a good shooter and doesn't is, is so low-maintenance as far as his, his preparation and what he needs to do to succeed. So I, I don't think that... I, I I don't think that a lot of teams are going to be willing to talk to the Magic unless Ross is on the table at this stage. That, that can obviously change. I don't think, though, the Magic are willing to give up Ross unless they're getting an all-star caliber player. And, and I don't see that happening either. So that's why I think, honestly, the Magic are going to be pretty quiet at the trade deadline. I'm sure they'll try and move Simmons, but I don't think they'll get very much for him. 
Uh, and so unless the Magic are willing to take on a lot of long-term salary or give up their first-round pick, which I think the Magic absolutely should not do, I, I don't. I do do not see a way for the Magic to really get a lot of of valuable players that that both help them in the short term and the long term, which I think is ultimately the goal. So it's going to be a very tough trade deadline, I think, for the Orlando Magic. I, I do think that they're in a position where they're not quite buyers, they're not quite sellers. They're just kind of fishing for whatever they can get, uh, and 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 you know nothing may bite. It, it, it's going to be really difficult, and of course things can change very quickly. If the Magic, say, lose the next five games, if the Magic fall out of the playoff race before February 7th, Terrence Ross and Nikola Vucevic very well could be on the move as, as the Magic start to sell off pieces and try and try and plan a little bit for their future. Um, at, at this point, though, I don't think the Magic are buyers. I think they're looking for something. I think they want uh, want that backup point guard situation resolved in, in any way they can resolve it. But I don't think that there's uh, an urgency. I don't think they're thinking super big right now. I think the, the big moves that, that we may see will come in the offseason uh, rather than at the trade deadline. And of course, the Magic's still fighting for that playoff spot. Well, that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. And of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including recaps of this weekend's games, check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening. We'll be back again Monday on Martin Luther King Day for another episode of Locked on Magic. So until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rosenreich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic. Your daily Orlando Magic Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.